what God gives you and what to do with it. So when I started to take English classes, you know, a long time ago, I started going to the British Academy. Uh, and the reason for me attending a British Academy was because the classes were cheaper. Uh, they were half the price of the academy that I went last. But it was an English, uh, it was from England. So when Americans would visit uh, the city where I lived and I would help them, you know, translate, they thought it was funny that somebody had a Hispanic British accent. Uh, I sounded really funny. So people, they wouldn't make fun of me, but they would laugh and they would say, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. And so that kind of like traumatized me because I didn't know what it was. So I left the British Academy and I started going to an American Academy and, and learn English. Now, when you, go to a, when you go to school and you go to a serious school, uh, they teach you correct grammar, uh, you know, words. So when I went to college here in the States, I was used to speaking correct English. And there were words that as I came, I never learned. And I had to, you know, stop going to the dictionary, uh, do research, ask people, you know, what it means. You know, for example, when I went to college, that there were kids who would say, oh, that's rad. That's rad, bro. And, and I, and what's rad? I, I never learned that. You know, and then some kids, you know, would come to me, hey, that's tight, man. That's tight. And I was like, tight? Uh, I don't understand. Tight? And I would look at me, and, and it was just weird. I couldn't understand. Then somebody, you know, says, hey, hey, yo, uh, dude, you know, dude. I never learned that word, you know, when I was taking English classes, dude. I said, dude, okay. I did my research so I can say it, great. Then somebody said, uh, man, when the life gets tough, the tough gets going, bro. You know what I mean? I, what? Tough? What? So it, it was difficult. So one of the words, I, I remember I was watching uh, an American football game one time. Uh, that was years ago, a football game, a uh, Super Bowl. And uh, the person who was, you know, uh, talking about the game, he said, oh, yes, yes, and this team, they are the underdogs today. They really are the underdog. I was watching the game, and I said, wow, did they just call the team dogs? That is not good. <laughs> and then my friend talked to me, and he said, no, man, underdog, it's an expression. And oh. so I, I was like, oh, wow, so I, I can't believe that. In a language, you can call somebody the word of an animal and people will be okay with it. But anyways, that, that was just me, you know, when I was trying to learn. But today, I want to speak about the myths that some underdogs believe when God has given them something. And we have, does everybody know? I mean, I, I was the only one who didn't know, but does everybody know what an underdog is? If not, I'm going to have Adam come and explain because he's an expert. Yeah? Okay. So Matthew chapter 25, I want to speak to you. So underdog, from what I learned, is a, pe a person who is not favorite to win. Somebody who is down. Somebody who probably doesn't have possibilities of winning or making it to the next stage. And we have been studying uh, the chapter 25 of, of the book of Matthew when the Bible says that a master gave resources to a man and the first two men, they went ahead and did something with it. They multiply it. But the last man, 
uh, he had issues and he wasn't able to make it. So Matthew chapter 25, um, I'm going to take you uh, from, the, from the verse 23 down to the 26 or 25. So this is speaking about, you know, God. It says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now, some scriptures translate uh, talents, right? The, the parable of the talents. Uh, so the last man, the Bible says that when he had to report, he had to come to his masters and give an account about the resources that, he masters, that his masters had given to him, he wasn't able to put what the Lord had given him into action so that he would multiply it. Uh, he had received the same opportunity as the other ones, but he wasn't able to produce uh, what was expected of him. And this is what I believe, uh, three myths, you know, that sometimes we believe or we don't believe and we need to overcome. The first thing, you know, that you have to know and that you have to understand is that God has planted the potential in every one of us. No matter where you are, no matter where you come from or what kind of past you have had in your life, your negative experiences your life experience, God can use it not only to help you mature, not, help, not only to help you even make new and better opportunities, you know, in your life, but also to use those opportunities so that you can reach out to other people with the gospel. But we can never come to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what you have called me to become. I don't know, you know, what I need to do in my life because the Bible says that to one person God gave five talents, the other one got two, or the other one got one. So even the least of the persons, even the person who had the less potential got something. Everybody had the opportunity to do something, but what we do with the potential that God has given us, that's another question. And I want to tell you today that no matter where you are, God has planted the potential in you to succeed, and not only that, but also to become a person of value. Um, but a lot of times, you know, we, we fail because we don't take actions on the ideas and the calling that God has given to us. If you see in the scripture um, a little bit before the, the Bible verses that we read, in verse 21, uh, the Bible says that God gave uh, one person, you know, five uh, bags of gold and this person at once or immediately he turned around and he went and worked you know what he wanted to do and then the second person got the same uh, opportunity so he turned around at once and he went and started working on what the master had given to him but the last person the last man the underdog I know sometimes you know when we read the scripture or when we hear messages about Matthew chapter 25 we only beat the last guy up right oh this guy was lazy this guy didn't do anything but it's it's not only about that I believe that it's giving you 
giving us a deeper message that there's a lot of people in life where they feel that they really can't do anything in their life, that success is not for them, opportunity is not for them, salvation is not for them, even God maybe it's not for them because they are not good enough. But let me tell you, what separates the first two men from the last man is that they took action with what God has given to them. And that's what happened to us many times. Sometimes we have great ideas. We have awesome ideas. Sometimes God even places in your heart to serve at something or with something at the church. And then you don't follow up on that idea because you don't think it's a good idea. Or you don't think that it's good enough. Or you think that sometimes maybe nobody will care. But it's not like that. God has placed in you the potential, but not only, you know, to live a successful life, but also to use whatever happens or whatever you're going through in your life so that you can increase and grow the kingdom of God around where you are. Take action. So we can't say, oh, I don't know what God has given me. I don't know what to do. Let me tell you, church, you can come to Pastor Henry. You can come to me. You can come to any of the leaders. Uh, and as I said it, you know, like in a joking way, you can even Google it, you know, and you'll find so many ways in which, you know, you could do things at the church or in the community. Um, so what this, this first two men, they had what some scientists called activation energy. I call it a sense of urgency. Did you know that we can make facial expressions in 33 milliseconds? You can go from being like this to being like this. Uh, and it has the same strength as, as an impulse. So when you take, have you ever taken impulses before? Some of them were good, some of them went bad. So some scientists say that when you have an impulse, if you don't marry the impulse with an action in three to five seconds, then you kill the impulse. You kill the idea. The Bible says that these two men, as soon as they receive the resources, you know, from their master, they turn around immediately. So they were used to taking action in their life, while the other man, the Bible says that he was afraid. He had insecurities. If you look at verse uh, 24, he said, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold. So I think a lot of times, you know, uh, being used by God, what stops us is the fear in our hearts that we think we're not good enough. We think that we are not going to succeed, you know, even in life. And fear can paralyze you. You know, a lot of scientists, they say that if you marry that impulse with an action in three to five seconds, you do it quickly, most of the times you won't regret it that you did it. Yesterday, I tried this in my own life. I was in an all-day training, you know, from the company that I work with. And I said, I'm going to give it a try today to see if this is true. Because, you know, I've been reading about these this guys, you know, for several weeks. So I want to know if when you do something immediately, it works. So yesterday, um, when I was going to this training, uh, the trainer, he asked 
uh, okay, I need two volunteers to do a role play scenario. And guess who raised his hand first? I was like, I'll do it. And then the, the second volunteer wouldn't come out. You know, the, he was asking, okay, I need a second volunteer. And he was looking around, and you will see people, you know, looking down or looking at each other. Nobody wanted to be, you know, a volunteer. So he ended up, you know, choosing somebody. And uh, he gave me the role that I was going to play. He gave the role to the other person. So we acted, you know, something. And I, at the end of the acting, you know, I felt really good that I made the decision to serve as a volunteer. I was like, oh, that wasn't bad. It was good. So, and then he asked another question. And I had the impulse to want to answer. And I said, no, I'll let somebody else answer. And then guess what? I had the right answer, you know, when he kept asking and asking. And then another person said what I was going to say, and I said, oh, she just read my mind. Why didn't I say it? You know, I could have scored, you know, a couple of points. So sometimes, you know, we have those impulses, and we need to marry those, those impulses that we feel with an action. And I think this is what these two men did. The first two men, they got the resources, you know, from their master, and immediately they went ahead and they started working whatever God had given them, and they multiplied it. So when we have good ideas, when we have something, even here at the church, you know, when we say we're going to open up, you know, this place for you. If you want to come to prayer, please come forward. I know and I can feel and I see in your faces that some of you want to come forward. But you don't do it because you don't want to take action. Because you're thinking about what other people will say. What other people will think about you going to the altar and then somebody praying for you. But let me tell you, if that's the way we think all the time, we're not going to get far in life. I'm sure, you know, maybe Pastor Henry, when he started the church, you know, a few years ago, I'm sure there were a lot of negative uh, words, you know, coming around. Uh, why are you going to start a church? You know, you're supposed to be a doctor, helping people have a nice job. And then you want to be a pastor, and, and then, you know, some people will not like you, and some people will not follow you, and, you know, but he still did it. And a lot of times, that's what we need to do. This guy who was the underdog, he, he underestimated that God has planted potential in each one of you. And I want to encourage you today that God has given you something, not only for your life, but also for this church. We need everybody's potential in this place. It doesn't matter if you are like advancing age or if you are very young. Uh, God can use you. You know, uh, a few Sundays ago, I remember that I, I was coming, you know, with a little bit of a pain in my back. And uh, when I came into the church, you know, as soon as I opened the door, Kiari, you know, ran, ran to me. And he was so happy to see me. He gave me a hug, and I picked him up. And, hey, Kiari, how are you doing? And uh, I don't understand what he told me, but, um, <laughs> but he looked very happy. I put him down, and I forgot about my back pain completely. So from the youngest to the oldest, God has given you something that this community needs, that this community really, really desperately needs, but we need your willingness. We need uh, you taking action, uh, sometimes even giving a smile, sometimes even hugging people. You have no idea how much of a difference that can make. 
So these men have fears. Please set aside your fears. Send them aside. Whatever, you know, is keeping you from, from being used from God or being involved in the church or reaching out to somebody in your family or sharing, you know, the gospel with somebody else. Don't worry about being rejected. Don't worry about being told, you know, stop it. I don't want to know about God anymore. Uh, do it. Do, leave those fears aside. Because those fears can keep you from becoming great in the eyes of God. Now, there's another thing that this man had. He says, like, not only did he have fears, but also he said, I knew that you are a hard man. How did he know that? Sometimes, you know, we have misconceptions uh, about God, about how God works. And that's why we need to gather each other. We need to meet. We need to pray for each other. We need to go to the life group, encourage each other. Why? Because a lot of times when we're believing something negative, somebody will come and lift you up and maybe change your mind about what you're believing. But we need to take action. So fears, sometimes misconceptions, you know, false assumptions. And one of the false assumptions that I think is keeping a lot of us sometimes from being successful is that we have fear of responsibility. Let me tell you that God is not going to give you something for which he will not prepare you. Some of you have done, um, I've heard testimonies here in the church of some of you studying ministry at a very young age. Maybe you were not prepared in the eyes of people, but God was preparing you. God knew that David was going to be the king uh, even when David, you know, was 17 years of age. God was preparing him for a future. One day, one day, we are all going to give an account before Christ. And like Pastor Henry explained last week, we don't want to show up to heaven and say, well, God, you know, I mean... Um, this is all I could do. I'm sorry. Just come here. We want to show up to heaven saying, God, you know I prayed for my family as much as I could. You know I tried to get them to church. You know I tried to be the positive influence in my family. It's unfortunately, you know, they never wanted to pay attention to me. Or maybe God, thank you for using my words to reach them out. Um, but this is what I did. So... This church is in a very, very good stage of developing, you know, new things, and we need you. We need what God has given you. We need your history. We need your potential. We need uh, what God has given you, even the negative experiences that you have had in your life. We need those to encourage each other. We're going to pray today, and we're going to pray for each other and just ask God, God, I pray that you will help me take the potential that you have given me to the next level. Not just in my personal life with my family or my work, but for this church, for the community, the people who live around us. Because God wants to use you. Let's pray. Oh Lord, this beautiful morning, Lord God, um, I want to pray for everyone who is here today. Lord, you have given potential to every single person. From the youngest to the oldest.
You have given, Lord God, some the gift of teaching, maybe some the gift of leading, maybe some the gift of being a great guest and, and welcoming people, maybe somebody, you know, even smiling, maybe somebody just hugging people or making coffee or just collecting the offering, whatever it is, Lord God, I pray that we will not believe that we don't have time to serve because we do. And actually, Lord God, when we serve and work at the same time, Lord God, we, we learn from life. We learn from others. We get encouraged, Lord God, because we know we are being used for your kingdom. And our perspective, Lord God, changes and improves. This community, Lord God, needs us. This people who live around us, Lord God, they need our, they need our ministries. They need our callings. They need, Lord God, what you have done in our lives they need you, Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, that we will take that spiritual potential, Lord God, and take it to the next level. And I also pray, Lord God, that sometimes those of us who have fears, those of us, Lord God, who feel like we are the underdog, that we don't have a chance to win or that we don't have a chance to be used or that we don't have anything to give, I pray, Lord God, that you will help us understand that you have planted that seed of great service in all of us, Lord God. And, and what a great scripture you gave us, Lord God, uh, where it says that if we look, if we seek the kingdom of God first, all the things shall be added. Maybe this morning, Lord God, some of us need to focus on your kingdom a little bit more so that the other parts of our life can fall into place. I pray, Lord God, that you encourage us today and that you help us not only to think about our success in our lives personally, but to think in the success of the kingdom of heaven in this community. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.